Hey there. Thank you for creating time to tune in to today's episode. My name is Adriana, and this is the PMDD podcast. I am warning listeners that there may be sensitive topics surrounding mental health and health procedures. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. I am very excited to introduce my next guest. I have Caroline here. Caroline, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. The pleasure's all mine. So first of all, where are you in the world? I live in um, the United Kingdom. I'm just in a suburb outside of London. Um, I'm very proud to be a Londoner, um, but I just live about, I don't know, 15 miles outside of of London um, in a really pretty place called Surrey. Mm. Um, And I kind of live um, in a rural area and live very much a rural life where I write and blog and connect with other women with PMDD. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to find out more about that. But first of all, how? Oh, let please share your story with PMDD. Okay, so I've um, I'm almost fifty years old this year, but I've had PMDD um, since I was around 14 years old so um, as soon as I started menstruating or perhaps a little bit before that there was an an obvious change in personality shall we say and and that was noticed by family members Um, and of course that brought about some very challenging behavior as well so um, I started to drink a lot of alcohol um absconding from school and um of course all of those challenging behaviors were a type of manifestation of what was going in, on inside really so um i didn't know it at the time but i was suffering from um severe anxiety and and depression but of course um i didn't know that then but what i did know is that um i was experiencing extremely heavy periods um with a kind of fainting and vomiting um flooding a month and and that steadily got worse throughout my kind of adolescent years and then into um more early adulthood so um my very early 20s I was kind of you know very unwell physically but of course, mentally, it was all going on as well. And um, during my early 20s, I started to suffer from quite severe suicidal ideation and um, displayed some kind of self-harming behaviour. Um, but of course, at that time, many people kind of put it down to um, adolescence or kind of problems of being a problem teenager um and and then it gradually progressed into um pnd postnatal depression after the birth of my first child and then what what happened i had postnatal depression but it wasn't picked up on with the first child after the set birth of my second child i kind of had a severe 
um, severe psychotic episode, I would say. Mm. And then I was gradually starting to get help. But what I realised was that um, as as I'd had this beautiful baby boy, um, and then I had this awful psychotic episode. What I what I noticed was that these episodes started to become cyclical, um, and I kind of had a big light bulb moment. Then, if you like, or if you uh, a kind of sudden moment of clarity, thinking, "Gosh, these moments and these episodes that I ha- I'm having." are occurring just before um, the menstrual cycle begins, um, day one, if you like. And I started to do an awful lot of research. I started to connect with other people. Mm. Bearing in mind this was a time before kind of PMDD groups or chat rooms or anything like that. But I did start to do my own research and I started realising, hang on a minute, I've got a hormonal condition that is mimicking mental illness, if you like. And from there you are, from there on, really, I started to kind of learn more, research more and connect with different medical healthcare professionals that um, I'm still in touch with to this day, actually. So there was a gradual trajectory, shall we say, um, and that's led me to where I am now. Um, I started writing about it in around 2010, um, which was after the birth of my third son. Um, and it led me to writing I Blame the Hormones, which is, um, as far as I'm aware, the first book of its kind in the world and um, is, is the most important document in terms of both uh, um, my own story and then a second new chapter, a new um, type of research document, if you like, where I've included lots of um, organisations that can help, lots of things that can you can do to track your cycle and lots of new information that has only become available in the last kind of two years really mm. so first of all I do I write for a living and and hopefully um raise awareness but I'm also passionate about education and connecting with various healthcare providers um and I do a lot of public speaking as well and do podcasts um and I'm really really kind of heavily involved more so than I anticipated I would be but it's almost become kind of a full-time job where I'm speaking to people from all aspects of of life so I speak to journalists I speak to media consultants I speak to people that, that are doing their podcasts but what I'm really passionate about is raising awareness and and um advocating research um, I was also a board member of inter- the International Association of PMDD or um, Premenstrual Disorders, and I'm also a panel member of the Association of um, Psychotic psych- Menstruation and Psychosis as well. So I'm quite heavily involved in lots of 
aspects and um I like connecting with women really and kind of signposting them the way and um what I found of a lot lot of suffering women is that they want to know two things um one thing is where what is wrong with me mm. what's happening to me? and the second thing is where can I go to get the help needed and um those two points I think are really important and that's where I come in to show people what to do and where to go mm. so I hope that's helpful as an initial introduction <laughs> Oh, it so is. And your voice is so needed. I think um, I'm going to unpack sort of everything that you've sort of gone through. I'd love to just unpack a little bit of your story. I mean, how, how old were you when you started to sort of take PMD? Like, obviously, you didn't know at this point that you had PMDD. But um, how old were you when you started investigating and sort of, oh, that's that's right, when you started realising it was cyclical because that was obviously a real big turning point. And, and so what, how old were you then? How old were you then? Well, it happened, well, it probably all, always was cyclical, but I didn't realise. But what happened, I, yeah, but what happened is after the birth of my second child, when I was very, very unwell, um, I was in touch with an organisation in London, um, which was the Association for Postnatal Depression. And I ran them this particular day in the most terrible state and was really, really very unwell. And I said to them, you know, I've had this psychotic episode and it went, it did go away with treatment. So I was given Prozac and an antipsychotic medication. And I said, it went away, but now it keeps returning sporadically. And the lady on the end of the phone said to me, that's very, very common. What's happening is it's probably returning just before your period. Mm. And I suddenly realised that, hang on a minute, I was due to see a period in within a couple of days. And I said to her, is that normal? And she said, your depression, your postnatal depression or your postpartum psychosis can reoccur just before the menstrual cycle. And my, I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because... It was almost like a penny dropped and I was, so is this a hormonal thing then? And she said 100,000%, it's a hormonal issue, but there's a lot of research that needs to be done in this, within this concept. But immediately, as soon as she said it, I knew and immediately I then did what is the most vital part of any hormonal illness, whether it's um, premenstrual, after childbirth, after a termination of pregnancy, after um, menopause or surrounding the menopausal time, is tracking of the symptoms. So as soon as I learned to track my symptoms, I was able to see the pattern. And it's a pattern of this illness 
that is critical in deciding whether you have a hormonal element to your illness or whether you have a bipolar illness or a depressive illness per se, or even a schizophrenic or schizoaffective disorder. So it's the timing of your symptoms that is the most important element to understanding uh, PMDD. Mm-hmm. And 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 so from that moment, like where, like what was the roadmap for you after that? Uh, you know. So after that, uh, after that, I was just blown away by it, and then I started to go to. Um, the library in fact because I wasn't online at all and 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 wasn't didn't even have a computer would you believe I didn't even have a phone or mobile phone but I went up to my local library and what I found was it wasn't a new illness at all but it was called late luteal phase disorder back in the day and there were actually a lot of scientific papers done on this but of course they hadn't come out into the mainstream yet because we'd uh, internet was only in its but you're talking about well my son now is almost 19 talk about 19 years ago Mm. in its infancy scientific data wasn't available to all unless you kind of literally went into the archives and the world archives and had a look this data wasn't really available to us but of course now as soon as we became kind of online the world wide web opened up so much to us and it actually invited us in to look at this amazing data that has has been there and of course now more clarification has come to the main into the mainstream of um finding more you're able to go into that data ourselves as a layman and not even as a medical professional but anybody can seek out this very important and fundamental what, what is life-changing um information really and we've we've just been able to do that in the last 20 years and that's really hard to to explain to people that actually now we can do that you know and this my son's generation they've always had that available when I was first poorly we didn't have anything like that you had to go and get a library ticket and and you know join the local library and that world seems so far away doesn't it but actually it isn't. It's only 20 years ago. But now, thank goodness, we are able to access all of this information and we are able to access other sufferers as well. Um, because actually I think now, knowing what I know now, mm. that is life in itself, that we are able to connect with other, other people that suffer and ultimately, that saves lives. 
Oh, totally. Just, um, you know, exactly right. When we talk about the groups already, when, you know, I anyone is diagnosed with PMDD and they say it, uh, you know, a lot of the people that I just speak to or anyone that comes on the episodes, they, you know, it's like when they find the groups and they connect with others online, they finally feel like they're seen, they're heard. And it's, it's, it's an incredible thing. It's, it's validation is everything mm. and that's it whichever way you look at it because for years and years we've been unvalidated and misunderstood and misinformed and, and mistreated really and now that's becoming less and less because ultimately we've got each other and it's very empowering for women or or women assigned female at birth, to know that they're not alone. And we're not willing, we're not willing now to be gaslighted or dismissed, in fact. And I still think we've got a long way to go in terms of getting medical and professional help. But believe you me, we are getting somewhere daily. And the reason for that is because of the groups, because we have more um, medical professionals, because we are able to connect more. Mm. And that itself is so validating. Um, One of the most important things a doctor has ever said to me, and there's a very famous doctor in the UK called Dr. Nick Panay, and he is massively involved with what we're doing now and he said to me he he was my doctor actually in London and I was very fortunate enough to see him face to face and he said to me Caroline you don't need to explain anymore I believe you I know what it is wrong with you and I believe you and that was the beginning of me finding my cure because I'd been dismissed for so many years and actually it's almost as painful almost not quite it's almost as painful as having PMDD is when you're consistently not believed you're not understood and you're dismissed it's actually almost as bad as having the disorder itself And for someone who's a medical professional, who's, you know, at the top of his game in terms of understanding and research, who's advocated for thousands of women all across the world, for him to say those words to me was life-changing and so important, so important that women aren't, or, or anybody isn't dismissed, it's it's um it's dangerous actually I won't um that's not me being over dramatic mm. if you can be being dismissed it just adds to suicidal ideation because you feel hopeless mm. and no man or anyone on the face of the work on the face of this earth with any illness whether it be physical mental anything should be made to feel hopeless and I think my book gives women hope Mm. 
Oh, absolutely. And I, I would love for you to maybe just talk a little bit more about your book. Uh, um, if you can d- dive a little deeper into that, please. Um, so I started writing and I just basically set it out in a very simple terms of my own story, how it began and what, what happened, with, which is a very typical tra- trajectory. So I'm told is after any reproductive event, I, it became worse. So um, I had um, a, a massive change again after each child was born. Every, every time I had a reproductive event, so there was an abortion, unfortunately, um, that it, it excelled it and it increased the symptoms. Um, some women, as we know, have perhaps have a, had a miscarriage and that can increase it as well. But I just wrote down everything that happened in a very simple term. And then what happened is in 2012, um, I'd reached the end of my tether, really. And I was very fortunate enough to be given a hysterectomy. And I had a hysterectomy in 2012. And immediately, it's literally switched it off, the symptoms. And I just thought, this is radical. And I need to tell the world what's happened. So I started writing and again, started connecting with more organisations. I started um, researching more. And I just literally wrote down everything that I learned. Now, very importantly, along the, world, along the way, I became friends, good friends with Professor John Studd. And we worked together at a couple of very important conferences, one in Philadelphia and one um, in in the UK as well. And he said, do it, get it out onto print and I'll write the forward for you. So he wrote the forward for me. And then I met other professionals, which, well, unfortunately for them, but um, one professional that I wrote wrote, who helped me write there, her story was called Alex Gerling. And she's actually a midwife who suffers from PMDD as well. She wrote and her story and we were able to add that to the book as well. So lots of there was lots of interplay between other medical professionals and other sufferers. And I put it all together and then I found a literary agent. Um, a couple of them had said, no, it wasn't their genre. But one said immediately, no, this is a powerful story. And they agreed to put it into print. Um, and I'm really proud of it. I think I've... I think I've done well in terms of mixing up my story, other people's stories and um, professional. I've got the professional line that came in. So what Pro- Professor Stubb did for me was said he overlooked it. He read it and he gave his and I said, you know, if I done it all correctly. And he said, oh, my God, it's you know, I've never read anything like it. You describe it perfectly. And you describe the whole illness as a whole, not just premenstrual syndrome or PMDD. You have captured the whole of this illness. And the whole illness is called reproductive depression. And you've you've nailed it. So I, you know, I think I, I did quite well. I think it's done it justice. 
Um, there was more that I couldn't could have written, but I wanted to keep it short and sweet in a way because I think sometimes you can be sometimes you can go overboard with what you've written, and I wanted to kind of keep it simple, not because I think that um, suffering sufferers are kind of unintelligent, but I wanted to keep it to the point because uh, you could become overburdened with too much information, really. And I wanted to keep it, like I said earlier, most women want to know what it is and how to deal with it. And, and I think I captured that in its simplistic terms, really. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, from what I have read of the book, and it is very simple, you know, I I did start reading it and I was like, you went into so much detail of what you were going through symptom wise um, that I would, yeah, that it that you know it 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 caught my breath a lot of times. It was like oh, I just the memory of what sort of I went through as well. And I, I think I think you've done such a brilliant job. And I'll make sure that I pop um how you can um the name of the book and everything. I blame the hormones and everything in the show in the show notes. So thank you. I I'd love to also touch upon your time um, as a board member on these, you know, with these associations and what you've sort of seen sort of develop to give us, because you are in the UK, right? And I'm in Australia and we seem to be very much behind (laughs) on what's going on. So, you know, and a lot of my listeners are Australian based. So what have you sort of seen develop over the time that you were at um, as acting as on the board um, and what, yes, shine some light for us, please. <laughs> okay, so um, the International Association of Premenstrual Disorders um, was um, co-founded by two amazing women. Um, one was called Amanda LaFleur and Sandy MacDonald. And they kind of, I think it came about as a concept of, Gosh, we've both got PMDD. Someone needs to do do something about it. And they thought, well, we can do something about it. <laughs> so they did. And um, what they've achieved is just miraculous in terms of to put a whole organisation um, to into the mainstream. I don't quite know how they did it. Um, but they invited me and several others of us to the board um, to build this amazing organisation. And of every year in April, well, pre-COVID, um, they had a conference in different different parts of the world. So I was present at the one in Philadelphia. There's been one in Florida and one in Denver, Colorado so far. And it, it really has changed everything because, again, it's built connections and they also are passionate about raising awareness, awareness and um, putting scientists into the loop as well. So um, there's an amazing scientist, Dr. Tori. Um, I can't even pronounce her surname, but I met her and she is doing amazing research and amazing work for um, for this same organization. Now what they what they've done is built this incredible website where you can go for help. There's a peer support program. And again, they're, they're 
plowing everything in into researching this awful condition the second um uh the second is the national association of premenstrual syndrome which is based in london as well and they are passionate and the doctor that looked after me, I'll mention his name again, is Dr. Nick Panay. He is a chairman of this National Association of Premenstrual Syndrome. And I've worked closely with both of them and have spoken at conferences and, and kind of made more connections there. Um, so they're the two main organisations that are kind of networking at the moment. But of course, more is needed to, you know, in terms of Australia, Southeast Asia, and there's uh, another lady in Holland that's doing some work over in the Netherlands as well. But of course, there needs more. And it's these organisations that, you know, are typically doing the most work. Um, Obviously, there's um, times that... You know, we need um, more research, but also if if you can connect all those organisations together, then you've kind of, you know, made such a difference. And I think for women now that are living with PMDD, this is the best time that we've had so far um, in terms of networking. So, yeah, I mean, I've worked very closely with them both. I'm not on the board with IMPMD anymore, but what seems to happen is um, lots of women start learning and and then they join the board and then they have a little bit of a spell of the board, maybe a year, sometimes longer, and then they change hands and then more sufferers come along and join the board. And that's how it kind of works. Can I just ask, do you have anything like that in Australia? No, not that I know of. So in with the podcast that I'm running at the moment, I have in the show notes I IAPMD. Right. Okay. So um I don't know whether you would perhaps consider or any listeners out there consider um you know looking into that and helping but you do need something there don't you really I know that you can use IAPMD but perhaps there's a way that um you know you could build on that and 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 get more suffering women or or AFABs and people just to help maybe build something there I know there's Linda Pickett who's another sufferer um, and she's been amazing in helping raise awareness and um, shared her own journey um, and is obviously an admin on, on some of the groups. But I think, you know, we are getting there. Um, so much more help available now than there was 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago. And so much it is being done. So um, we're amazing, really, and we must keep moving forward and and focusing on on that really oh I totally agree and the more that we talk about it you know the more that we can talk to 
partners, family members, friends about it. I'm, you know, even getting into the workplaces. I think it's so, so valuable. Like it's so needed right now. It's so needed. And um, hence the reason why I started the podcast really, because, you know, I, I've, I've been able to just be another voice and I just wanted more voices to, to talk about it. So, um, but you have been doing, so, you've done so much work in the space. It's, um, it's such an incredible, and you're still doing so much work in the space. So tell me of maybe some events or something. I, I, I mean, I don't know what COVID is like <laughs> over there at the moment, but this what- is, you know, I mean, this is this is the problem. The fallout of COVID is so colossal, really, because I mean, it really did stop a lot of, of work, not just with PMDD, but with everything, but. You know, it, for, for instance, the conferences, we were just building up massive um, connections with the conferences. And conferences are really important um, because people can talk. So the one in Philadelphia, for example, that went over three days and people, medical providers from across the world showed up there. Um, and unfortunately, that's in Katow. But, you know, I'm hoping that this maybe this coming April we'll be able to do something. I do need to speak to those at IAPMD and also some colleagues of mine here um, to, to kind of get something organised. But, of course, nothing's a given, is it, anymore because of this, this situation. And, um, you know, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. Um, in terms of COVID, I think, you know, we, we need to tread carefully and nobody is kind of willing to put a date on anything, are they? Mm. Um, but there are, there has been things going online as well. So there is a, a, a summit in April, an online summit, which um, went ahead and ha- um, really, really just took things off there. And we are very fortunate in terms of Zoom and connecting online. It is, however, I I, I do believe it's it's helpful to connect online. But when you do it face to face and have conferences, so much more is, is, is achieved. And I just hope that we can get back to normal. I'm not sure if there'll ever be a normal, maybe a new normal. But the sooner we can get back to kind of getting these um, big conferences off the ground, the better. And quite often you get the more elite talkers. So, for example, Professor John Studd will talk. Possibly we could ask Professor Ian Brockington to talk. You know, there's more senior scientific input Mm. and that's what we need you know sufferers as well but then you're going to get the more elite scientists who have got lots and lots of more research to share lots and lots of more um kind of um data and scientific papers to share and when you go to a conference of pmdd you will see so much is done and it's so 
it's such a great experience as well to be able to speak to people face to face and and share research and share dialogue really mm. so that's for next year is that we can kind of crack on and and help help women or, or anyone that's suffering really absolutely absolutely Oh, Caroline, it has been such a pleasure having you on. You have obviously shared your, you know, bits of your story. And I, I really encourage anyone listening to, um, you know, to go and purchase your book because it really does. Oh, it just covers so much. And I think that a lot of people can resonate with you. I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to sort of share for anyone else that's, that's listening? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Anybody, anybody that's listening really can can do their bit as well. So you've just mentioned the book here, and I've mentioned the International Association of Premenstrual Disorders. And what is important to say is that, that none of us get paid, and we all work on a voluntary basis. Um, any any revenue that I do get from the book goes straight back into the system, whether which means that if I do a speaker, if I do a talk, I don't get paid for it. I don't charge a speaker's fee, but all of us work on a voluntary basis. And so that's why it's so important that all of us um, do our bit because, you know, there's there's just not any kind of funding really available for, for this cause at the moment. That may change in the future, but as, as it is, you know, we're trying to always raise funds, we're always trying to get conferences together to kind of um, get media, out, you know, media exposure as well. And everything that we're doing, even you, Adriana, I'm, I'm presuming you don't get paid. Most of us don't. In fact, I don't know anybody that gets paid for volunteering and, and fighting this kind of um, champion this cause so if anybody is listening they want to get involved they can contact me they can volunteer for the IAPMD or for the NAPS here in London and it's really important that you do because by weight of numbers we are realizing that everybody that has got a voice can can speak so for example Professor Stard we've just found out that he's passed away and he what how one man can change so much for so many suffering women is just it's incredible and miraculous and anybody that can shout loudly can do so much and that's that's where i'd like to leave to leave it really is that don't think that your voice is is in in comparable because it isn't you if you speak and join um and advocate for this cause you can achieve so much all of us can and for the next generation of women I mean I've got eight nieces in my bloodline and for that for that generation by then, I mean, they're little now, they're kind of range from eight years old to 12 years old. But hopefully by the time they reach kind of adolescence, they, they will be more 
research, more more education, more knowledge, more awareness done. And, and it's by joining together now that we can change the outcome for them in the future, really. Mm. Absolutely. And I think that's the perfect way to end <laughs> this episode. I, You are so right. We, we truly do need to band together. So Caroline, thank you so much, so much for, for your time and all your knowledge. Um, we're so grateful. Oh, thank, thank you for you. having me. I hope it's, I hope it's been helpful. I hope it's been helpful. I really do. Oh, it certainly has. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please ensure that you like, subscribe, follow, or whatever it is that you need to do to keep up to date with new episodes on your podcast listening platform. If you would like to get in touch with me, please email me at thepmddpodcast at gmail.com. Please make sure that you follow our new home on Instagram, which is at the underscore PMDD podcast. Thank you so much again. I look forward to chatting with you soon. Much love.